A lot of shit going on. Tired of listening to the same old shit. Corona this, Corona that. Bullshit this, bullshit that. So I said, fuck this. And I went into the room and decided to just pick an album. Um, figured, you know, the 28th of May would be a good time to pull out CCR, being that. 52 years ago, 1968, May 28th, they came out with the self-titled album, Fantasy Records, and I figured, why not? And also, you know, it's John Fogarty's birthday, so fuck it, why not? So let's go take a listen to this album. Um, What I have here is the 50th anniversary edition, so two years ago. Um, Craft Recording came out with this album. It is a half peed, half peed. It's a half speed remaster from the analog tapes. It's a pretty good album. Looks pretty clean. The vinyl is on points, 180 gram vinyl. Uh, feels heavier than 180, but I'm not going to call them liars. But it's a really nice vinyl. So we're going to take a look at it. I'm going to go ahead and spin the first track. And we'll see what you guys think.
Sounds really good. I like it. So really interesting, right? Um, new name. I mean, they had already been signed with Fantasy for a while. A little bit of history on CCR, I guess. We'll go with that. Is uh band from um, Bay Area. They got together early enough. Um, I believe it was in high school. And... Um, you know, they were together, they played, and somewhere around 65, 64, um, they record, or they get a, a deal with uh, Fantasy Records, and uh, they do some shit with them, and, you know, 66, bullshit goes on, and they go on hold. A lot of shit happening, draft notices and shit going on in the U.S., and so they don't do anything. For a whole year, year and a half. Somewhere around 67, they get a chance to come back into the swing of things. I believe this record was uh, produced and recorded in October 67. And then in 68, they came out with the record. But while they were recording, um, you know, Fantasy decided that... Uh, Gollywax was just not cutting the name, right? It's just not cool, man. So they decided they're going to change the name. And lo and behold, they come up with Creedence Clearwater Revival. Um, where the hell they come up with the name? Uh, it's the late 60s. There's probably a lot of grass and other substances used in here. But uh, Tom Fogarty had a buddy named Creedence. Fuck, he was probably in the back when they decided, you know, played something like this. They're just getting high. And uh, John said, what about Credence, right? And the Clearwater came from apparently um, Olympia beer, which um, I'm drinking today. You know, say why the hell not. That's probably one of my favorite Pilsners, but uh, digressing from that. Um, they had a um, sort of advertisement that uh, was the clear water difference. Uh, in Olympia, on the can, you can say that it's the water. So no doubt they were drinking some Olympia beer. And uh, they decide why not. There's you know, some dude named Credence. And we're drinking some clear water fucking shit. So let's name it Clearwater Credence Revival. Credence Clearwater Revival. Maybe that's better. So, anyway. What I was going to say about this is it's very interesting. We got this new band. They release their, um, you know, album title, self-title after the band. And the song the A-side song, the first song they play, it's a cover song. 
I just find that very interesting uh, and why they chose to do that. Uh, now, since this is, a, uh, this is a song that's been covered before by artists, uh, another one of my favorite artists, Nina Simone, did a really good job with this and her take on it, but something about John Fogarty's voice. <laughs> voice and very distinct but I just found it kind of odd that they chose a cover letter instead of I'm sure by then um, they've already had a lot of songs written but anyway going back I'm gonna go play uh, the track too see what happens Thank you. 
Wow. So that was Susie Q. Another interesting thing, right? Two songs on the A side. Covers. Little kind of fucking weird and strange. Um, now, you do see here, that's not your typical Susie Q. I, they call it Susie Q A and Susie Q B because at the latter part of that song, it's really funky and almost, you know, jump into a Pink Floyd type vibe that I get from that, which I don't get a lot of from CCR on the later records. But on this particular song, and there's a couple others, I get a little bit of that funkiness, right? I mean, it's still a little blues, a little deep. But then that second half just goes into like a weird psychedelic fucking trip and balls type music. I like it. Sounds good. So that was it for the for the A side. It sounds pretty good. I think you guys heard it. It's pretty I mean Talena's not that quiet, but it's pretty damn quiet. I like it. Um I'm gonna flip it over and take a listen to the next side.
Okay, so we heard two. I didn't even stop for the second one, but um, we heard two songs. Last one, that Get Down Woman song. Um, that's more of the sound I kind of think of when I think of CCR. Now, this was also written by CCR. Um, and then the next one that's coming up from Porterville, another one that's really good song. Um, that was recorded as the old band name, The Gollywags, and released as a single. And then that w- I think it was 67, because um, they recorded this shit in um, October. I think the whole record was recorded in October. And then I believe November they released Porterville. But they changed their name soon after that. So by May, they were CCR. But anyway, this last one and then Porterville and then the next ones are all written by uh, CCR. Um, Weird that they waited for the B-side to introduce most. I'm I'm pretty sure the working man on the A-side was written by CCR. Although can't find too much info on it. But I think they did. Uh, if you look at some of the records, the original pressing of the record, they give credit to CCR as written by them, but they don't really say who wrote it. And I know John Fogarty, after this album, was pretty damn specific on all the shit he wrote. So who knows? Um, it's a long time ago, and they didn't keep good records. I don't, I don't know. But um, anyway, I'll shut up. Let's listen to Porterville.
Yeah, so I just powered through the last fucking two. Gloomy and walk on the water. Um, wow. Um, funky, right? That four track gloomy. It's got that. That, I mean, it's still the CCR, but it's a little funky. And then, you know, we close out this album with walk on the water which was a remake uh, of the single they released as the Gollywags in 1966. But you listen to this fucking song, and to me it was way ahead of his fucking time. Like right at the beginning riffs, when they're playing that guitar, it almost sounds like a synthesizer could have been there, like playing to the 80s shit. It sounds fucking phenomenal. And then throughout the whole song, there's a whole lot of funkiness to it. I just think it's a great, great fucking song. Um, kind of underrated. Um, and then, you know, after this album, CCR sort of took on a different um, musical sound. It, it didn't sound quite as psychedelic as this album did. Um, not that it was good or bad. It was just different. And it is what it is. But overall, this is... Uh, one of my favorite albums of CCR. Even though there's two covers on the hay signs and um, all the other funky shit in there. Anyway, it's a good album. So um, that's all I got. Peace. <laughs>